Welcome to the Gab Talks by the Independent Press Award. I'm your hostess, Gabby Olzak. To participate in the 2024 Book Award competitions, please visit independentpressaward.com and newyorkcitybigbookaward.com. Today, we will be chatting with author and educator Elaine Bappas. Elaine collaborated and co-wrote Walter of Salt Lake City. The Magic of the Table, winner of the 2023 New York City Big Book Award for Coffee Table Book. Elaine, now retired, was a professor at Westminster College and the University of Utah, where she taught literature, history, and film. She's also the co-author of Camera and Action, America Film as Agent of Social Change, 1965 to 1975. Along with numerous published essays, Aline contributed a chapter in This is the Plate, Utah Food Traditions. She received her Bachelor of Arts at Weber State University and her Master's of Arts and PhD from the University of Utah. Walter Nassi was in the restaurant business for more than half a century. He began his exceptional career in Sardinia, Italy. His culinary expertise spans the world, London, Switzerland, Italy, Kenya, and New York City. In the 90s, Walter moved to Salt Lake City. From 2003 to 2012, he was the face of Cucina Toscana. In 2012, he launched his award-winning restaurants, Walter's Osteria, altering the culinary landscape of Salt Lake City. Walter Nassi died September 20th, 2022 at age 76. Elaine and Balter collaborated on Balter of Salt Lake City, The Magic of the Table, for five years, finally publishing in 2019. Elaine joins us today from Salt Lake City. Congratulations, Elaine, and welcome to the Gab Talks. Thank you so very much, and it is a pleasure for me to be here. I am very honored. Well, it's just such a gorgeous book, really, really deserves the award that it was given. So let's get started, Elaine. The story of food is the story of life. This was Walter's philosophy of food. Elaine, please expound on this for our viewers and listeners. Well, Walter believed that food was not just for nourishment and that we focus so much on the science of food that we forget what it, how transformative it is for our daily lives. And uh, food for him was joy, it was love, and it was transformative. It had the power to transform a night where you were tired and, and maybe going to Walter's Osteria and just wanted food and wanted to go home into a night of joy and a night of laughter and a night of camaraderie. So that for Walter is the point of food. So Elaine, as I said in my intro, Walter, his career spanned a quarter of a century. He, he was a, a restaurateur chef for many, many years. What finally inspired him to write Magic at the Table? Well, for so many years, friends had asked him to write a book. They wanted his recipes and they wanted him to uh, have a recipe book. And he kept saying that it's not time. It's not, it's not what I want to do. I don't want to write about recipes with the scientific method of uh, this ingredient, this ingredient, this process, etc. And then one day, um, so we had talked about him writing a book and I had encouraged him. And uh, one day he, uh, we walked into the restaurant to, for, uh, with our family to sit down and have a, a nice meal. And he pulled me aside and he said, Elena, he liked to call people by their Italian names. You write this book. And I said, I do what? He said, you write this book. And I said, I, I don't know. I don't know how to write it. I don't know. I'm not, I don't know how to, 
the science of the recipes. He said, oh, no, 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 this will be a different book. So I said, okay, but just no, I don't know what I'm doing. And so I said, I'll meet you next Thursday. I took my computer to, to his restaurant. We sat across from each other at a table. I opened my computer and I said, okay, start talking. Wow, that's a fantastic story. So in fact, Elaine, your collaboration with Walter sp- spanned five years. You told us how you were originally connected, so you stole my next question. Co-authoring a book is really a unique process. I read that you typed while Walter spoke. So walk us through the process, its challenges, and, and how you really managed to capture his essence in every page of the book. Well, I, again, most of it was because I had not not had that experience and I honestly just typed and Walter was a man of phrases. He rarely finished a sentence. So after about four years, I had, I can't even remember how many pages of speaking. And so I said, okay, Walter, I think it's time that we need to put this together now. So the rest of the process was managing everything that he spoke up and organizing it in a coherent order. And so that's when we uh, got to part one and part two, part one being the memoir, part two being the uh, his culinary repertoire. The part of the process that surprised me is that I just thought I was finished with the, with the manuscript. And so I handed it to him and he said, well, Elena, what do we, what we do with this? That's how he spoke. And I, <laughs> and then I thought, okay, <laughs> it looks like I have another, there's another phase in this. You know, the magic of the table, as you mentioned, part of it is a memoir and it really, uh, for our, our viewers, you can see the beautiful book behind you. It really reads more like a memoir with visually stimulating, sensational, and appetizing photography. And I think, I don't I don't know Walter, obviously, and didn't know him, but it stunningly captures his life. Why did you choose this format? And what was behind the decision to self-publish? Okay, well, two things. Walter's bigger-than-life personality had to be captured in something that recognized that part of his essence. So we decided that we had to show the part of Walter that was so unique in the restaurant, and that was the spontaneity of the moment. So part of what we did was to present just, you know, pretty normal memoir, and then to open it up uh, in part two to photographs that stressed that spontaneity and that moment and magnified where where his mind was going, what he what he saw as the, as important, he wanted you to contemplate the ingredients and study an apple and smell its essence and look at tomatoes and see what they're made of and understand that there's a process before the food gets to the table. What happens from seed to cultivation to watering distribution and then off to the restaurant. So. The part that was really challenging for us in part two was to make sure the photographs relayed that part of his, the process, the creative process to him. And so we decided, so actually part of this was that then after the rough draft was, was completed with all of the beautiful photography, I then handed the manuscript to Walter and I said, okay, here you go. And he then again said, now what, what we do with this? And so I thought, okay, this means that we cannot 
for sure go through a publisher because we were still looking for publishers along the way. And one of the reasons why we chose to self-publish is to control the project. I knew that it was really going to, it was very difficult to negotiate with Walter's vision, et cetera. And besides that, the one critical part of this is that we didn't have time. We were on a time crunch. So we actually started the uh, actual production in January, and then we wanted to have it finished by September to go to print and have it released in December. So we had no time to send it to outside of the United States, and we luckily found a great printer in Arizona. And so that explains what why we did what we did. Makes sense. I mean, it is bigger than life. That is for sure. So Elaine, I'd like to, I'd like to learn a little bit more about you. I understand that you are the daughter of Greek immigrants. Share with us how your background, professional and personal, relates to Walter's philosophy of food. At first meeting, Walter and I connected. I understood the life that he grew up in with that family that centered food. Greek culture, as uh, probably most people know, is uh, the center of Greek culture is food. That's how we grew up. That's how my mother grew up. That's how my father grew up. And that's how our community lived. And so it was really easy to understand and put put words to something that Walter just expressed, you know, physically or facially or whatever. And uh, because it's exactly what we had grown up with. My father was a crop farmer and a dairy farmer. And so he understood vegetables and he understood uh, products as well as my mother. So it was a joining of two two cultures, uh, almost similar generations. And I think that's part of why we worked so well together. I could complete a thought on a page. Well, you can tell the book is so cohesive and I'm Italian American, so I can completely relate with these stories that Walter tells in the book about his family. And I'm sure you've had the same experiences growing up in your life. So Walter often said, Salt Lake City, my city. It seems to be a match made in heaven. Why do you think, Elaine, that Walter was so in love with Salt Lake City? It doesn't make any sense. There's no logic to it because he had lived uh, in so many uh, areas in the world, as you um, as you mentioned. But Salt Lake City was uh, gave him a chance to present his repertoire, his culinary repertoire, as he loved it, as uh, with with all kinds of passion. And Salt Lake City was also at a point where it was changing its culinary landscape and Walter influenced that landscape forever. He brought to Salt Lake the, oh, the his was probably the original farm to table restaurant uh, way back. And because of the fresh, the fresh ingredients, the fresh vegetables, the fresh fruit, the uh, hospitality at, at the restaurant, when you walked in, he greeted you, he presented table side serving and table side, almost preparing them the meal. And so it was that kind of hospitality and that kind of approach to food on the plate and in the, pro- the process of food that embraced Walter and that Walter embraced. He felt, I think he felt like he was finally there at the, the place that he'd always wanted to be. And that's Walter's Osteria. Is that what you're referring yes, to? Yes, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had a couple of projects before that, but 
Walters opened in 2012, as you mentioned before, and was 10 years old in 2022 in November. Still open today. Gasoline, it's, it's still, still open. Yeah. It's still open today. And while we don't get that big personality in that in the room, we still get his spirit there. And the mater, his mater D is doing such an excellent job of keeping that spirit alive. So it's a, a place that we frequent and uh, I'm so happy that it's that other people do. I'm sure he's sorely missed. In fact, Derek Miller, the president and CEO of the Salt Lake Chamber of Commerce and Downtown Alliance said, when visiting Baldur's Osteria, guests are transported to another world, a place where you feel loved and cared for, a place that feels like home. That seems to really capture Baldur. Is that right, Elaine? Absolutely. For anything that he wanted to do, the most important thing was to transform the person who walked in. He just wanted two hours from you. And, you know, on your busy, after a busy work day, after a busy conference, all he wanted you to do was sit down and let him bring you into a place that is mes was mesmerizing. And that's that's what happened. He talks, uh, tells a story of the uh, whole table, maybe a dozen um conference goers who came in, all they wanted to do is just have eat, drink, and leave. And they so uh, mentioned, but after they, after Walter got through with them, they were in a party mode. They were laughing. They were enjoying the night. And for Walter, that was the ultimate uh, sign of success. I read that story. That was a great story. That's that's one of my favorite experiences in restaurants when you get there and you don't even look at the menu and the chef just comes to your table and makes suggestions and just keeps bringing out plates. And that seems to be what Walter did. Exactly. And that is, uh, it gives such a personalized touch and it makes food not about the plate and seeing it and having it on the plate but the whole engagement with the process behind the, in, in the kitchen and out in the front with the servers. And so it's not just about that food, it's uh, about the whole experience. He often talked about everything working together like a symphony. And so it's the artistic nature of what you received uh, on that flight that uh, was so unique to Walter. And Elaine, you contributed a chapter to the book, This is the Plate, Utah Food Traditions. Is there a food culture in Utah? There is definitely a food culture in Utah. Utah is made up of a variety of ethnic groups who came here, most of them uh, during the turn of the century, to work on the railroad in the mines. And then the pioneer Mormon culture has a unique cuisine. That book was so much fun to be a part of because the book, This is the Place, plays on the line that Brigham Young supposedly said when he saw the Valley of Utah after coming through the mountains, which was, this is the place. So the book, I think, brings together Utah as a culture instead of uh, separate little communities, isolated and you know, kind of a diaspora. So it shows what the food culture of Utah has looked like. And I'm sure, as we spoke of earlier, Walter definitely added to that food culture. 
with I, I think he designed it. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like it. So, Aline, what was Falter's hope for the book, and how do you think he would most like to be remembered? I think his hope for the book is that it would be a visualization of his concept and philosophy of food, which was that every person has the capability of his or her own creative process in the relationship with food. One thing that he was very adamant about is that you don't need a recipe to be able to make food that is from the heart. And in fact, he asked you to put the recipe aside, go to your refrigerator, take out some ingredients, find four or five that go together and begin your own culinary adventure. So I think it was that. I also think it was that the book would liberate people from that, the fast food kind of habits we have formed with food and that it would bring the family to the table. He was very, he was very concerned about the family being sort of disjointed with all the electronics and et cetera, et cetera. And he said uh, one time, if I could, I would make it a rule that you have to leave your cell phones in the lobby. So I think those things were what he most would want to know that he was able to change in through his restaurant and through his inspiration uh, for food. How do you think that he would most like to be remembered, Elaine? As the bigger than life personality bringing guests from around the world into his home. His home was Walter's Austria. And I think he would like to be remembered as changing their lives in those two hours while they were there. Wonderful. Well, I, if I ever make it to Utah, I'll certainly make sure that Walter's restaurant is my first stop for sure. Uh, Elaine, thank you so much. This was so wonderful. Where can our listeners and viewers purchase Walter of Salt Lake City, The Magic of the Table? Unfortunately, we don't have it on Amazon yet, and we just distribute it through the restaurant. So the, there is, if you go to the restaurant, you can buy it, or there's a website. It's called walterofslc.com. You can buy it on that website. You can also go to the Walters Austria uh, website, and you can buy it there. Perfect. Elaine, thank you so much for joining us today. It was really a pleasure. Well, I, it was all my pleasure, and I'm so glad to know a fellow Italian who would absolutely have loved to meet Walter, but if you come into town, let me know, and you can be my guest. I certainly will. Thank you so much, Elaine. I'll look forward to that. Thank you, Gabby. Appreciate it very much. Thank you. On the next Gab Talks, we will chat with Corey Reed, author of Men in the Middle, Conversations to Gain Momentum with Gender Equity's Silent Majority. This is your hostess, Gabby Olzak of The Gab Talks. Until our next podcast, keep on reading.